Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. This is the Healthcare Highwire presentation. Welcome to How to Cognitively Remember to Communicate and Speak About Swallowing the Best Diet, SLP-CMI. I'm Natalie Moore, MDS Specialist for Life Care Services, Health Services Division, and I'm joined today by Michelle Kramer, Director of Health and Wellness Programming with LCS's Health Services Division. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me today. May is Better Speech and Hearing Month, and what better way to celebrate than to bring our own speech-language pathologist to discuss the PDPM-SLP component. Michelle, you're the expert in this component, and I need you to help improve our CMI and accuracy of the MDS assessment. I'm noticing a trend, not only in the industry, but as we audit medical records, we are coding minutes under speech therapy in section O, but not capturing the reason for speech intervention throughout the other sections of the MDS. More often than not, the MDS does not support speech intervention, and we're not painting the correct picture. Even looking at IntelliLogics, the highest category continues to be SA, which has a CMI of only 0.68. CMI is used as a multiplier, so our base rate for that SLP component is multiplied by 0.68, which results in a loss. This is a huge opportunity and is multifaceted as it involves several members of the IDT to collaborate to get this right. Who would you say the key players are here and what role do they play? That's a great question, Natalie. Well, the speech language pathologist, MDS coordinator, nursing, and the dietitian are the key players when we are talking about the SLP CMI. As you know, the speech language pathology CMI is based on five characteristics or areas. These residents who are clinical category of acute neurologic, residents with speech comorbidities, scoring 12 or less on the BIMS in order to take credit for the cognitive impairment and the presence of a swallow disorder and or need for a mechanically altered diet. Any one of these areas, when coded accurately on the MDS, will increase the SLP CMI. Therefore, it is imperative that the IDT team communicate within the ARD window to ensure that those areas are coded accurately. You are absolutely right. Just capturing cognitive impairment alone will take us up to that SD category where the CMI takes a huge leap up to 1.46. The CMI in this component is multi-complex and is coded in multiple sections of the MDS. Yes, absolutely. The MDS sections that the SLP CMI is coded in is Section B, Section C, and Section K. So, Michelle, you included Section B. Let's get into why Section B is so important. Even though Section B does not affect our reimbursement with PDPM, it is an important area to validate speech intervention and paint the correct picture. So can you explain to us how speech intervention for communication impacts Section B and how to ensure we're coding accurately? 
Absolutely. The speech CMI is coded in Section B for communication or speech difficulties. If the resident has a speech difficulty, the resident's ability to understand or be understood is very important to be coded on the MDS accurately to support those therapy interventions. It does not make sense if speech is treating a resident who cannot communicate their needs and wants, and then the MDS is coded clear speech and can be understood. This is contradictory. That makes sense. What about regarding Section C? This is the MDS section for that BIMS interview. That is correct. The brief interview of mental status, which is called the BIMS, is typically given by either the speech language pathologist or social worker. The resident needs to score a 12 or less to count the cognitive impairment or a staff assessment with presence of cognitive impairment. It is really important to ensure that whoever is doing the BIMS interview with the resident, that they follow the CMS directions for the delivery of the questions and accurately score the resident responses per CMS guidelines. Okay, so it would be a great idea to provide training for the interviewers on how to give and score the BIMS, correct? I totally agree. We need to be sure that we are scoring accurately in order to take credit for that resident cognitive impairment. Now, in Section K, the dietitian typically scores for the presence of a swallow disorder in a mechanically altered diet, right? Yes, but communication is key here as well. Section K is not an interview. If the resident complains about having difficulty even once during the look back, we can count it on Section K0100. There needs to be a review of the documentation during observations from nurses at mealtimes and at MedPass, observation for pain or difficulty swallowing, pocketing of food, maybe inability to hold food in their mouth and or coughing or choking. If the SLP completes an evaluation and a swallow disorder has been identified, and or the need for a mechanically altered diet, the speech-language pathologist needs to communicate with the dietitian, nursing, and MDS to ensure everyone is aware and knows that it needs to be coded accurately on the MDS sections K0100 and K0510. Absolutely. In your experience, what is the most effective way to communicate to the IDT the deficits that SLP is identified in the evaluation and during that course of treatment. I really feel the daily PDPM huddle meeting and the weekly IDT meeting is where the SLP, nursing, MDS, and the dietitian can and should discuss the speech CMI areas. The speech language pathologist and director of rehab need to bring the results of the speech evaluation to the huddle to ensure that all areas are coded accurately. I could not agree more. How can we ensure that we have the most appropriate diagnoses and that we're using the correct diagnosis codes that are going to map to the SLP component? Well, it really is paramount that staff read through the physician documentation, hospital discharge documentation, and skilled documentation to identify any appropriate medical diagnoses that will support the speech-language pathology services. We should always discuss the speech-language pathology areas in the PDPM huddle and the weekly Medicare meeting. And finally, at triple check, we want to identify ways to communicate and ensure appropriate medical diagnoses are identified and coded. If there are no medical diagnoses to support speech services, the claim will be denied. 
For instance, if the resident comes in with a hip fracture and speech is treating for cognition or a swallow disorder, the speech-language pathologist needs a dementia diagnosis or a dysphagia diagnosis to support the speech intervention. Best practice is to reach out and consult with a physician to secure a medical diagnosis that will support all the speech, speech services. You can't skill speech-language pathology on a hip fracture. All right, so we've identified the best time to communicate is during the PDPM huddle. Would you recommend coding the sections during the huddle? Natalie, that is a great question. The BIMs must be given and scored on or before the ARD. The other areas have a seven-day look pack, which means if it occurs at least once, the MDS can code it on the MDS. It is best practice to code the SLP CMI areas as these deficits have been identified. Okay, so what should a community do when speech is in for decreased cognition, but the resident scores a 14 on the BIMS, which would indicate they're cognitively intact? Well, we always want to be sure that the interviewer is consistently following the directions set by CMS to interview the resident as we discussed. Even if the resident scores a 14, which means they are cognitively intact, if the speech language pathologist evaluates the resident and identifies a need, Medicare still says the resident should receive appropriate services. We have to remember the BIMS is only an interview. It is not a standardized test, which is more sensitive to identifying deficit areas. Absolutely. Although the BIMS is certainly not the best tool, I have noticed that during the interview, we fall off script. Many interviewers want our residents to be successful, and therefore, we may give more prompts than we should or don't capture the resident's needs for those prompts. I totally agree. When we're discussing the BIMS during PDPM huddle, take a moment to determine if an alternate interviewer would be beneficial, such as our SLP. We truly want to ensure that we're capturing the cognitive impairment on the MDS, not only to support SLP intervention, but really to establish that cognitive care plan for nursing. That is a great recommendation. Now let's talk a little bit more about swallow disorders. In relation to Section K, the RAI tells us not to code a swallowing problem when interventions have been successful in treating the problem and therefore the signs and symptoms of the problem that we would code in K0100A through 100D did not actually occur during the seven-day look-back period. But it also tells us to code any swallowing disorder even if the symptom occurred only once in that seven-day look-back period. So what things should the SLP be documenting daily during treatment that could help us capture the swallow disorder that is actually being treated? Well, that's a great question as well. The resident must have a difficulty swallowing. Say they are having issues or the SLP evaluated and identified the difficulty and is working with the resident to get them on a PO diet with food or liquid trials. The speech language pathologist needs to be sure they are documenting on what difficulty the resident is exhibiting, strategies they are using to treat the resident and communicating to nursing, dietary and MDS coordinator so everyone is in the know. Yes, for sure. I think we've covered everything in this SLP component. Thank you so much, Michelle, for all of this great information about the SLP CMI documentation and coding on section B, C, and K. And of course, happy Better Speech and Hearing Month. Thank you so much, Natalie. This has been a Healthcare Highwire presentation. 
Until next time. Legal disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.